You're listening to the premier home of motorsports for nearly two decades. The Race Central Radio Show. Back on ESPN Radio 1600. Here is your host, one of the most respected motorsports voices in America, motorsports insider, Kurt Hansen. Well, here we go, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a fast Friday. Welcome to uh, the premier home for motorsports. It is Race Central Radio. But you know that I am motorsports insider, Kurt Hansen, on uh, a cloudy, but a very fast Friday. And uh, we have a lot to unpack this week after being off the last two weeks. So we're going to get right to it as we... Uh, if you're regular, you know we love talking the world of straightliners, and she's been a great guest on this program before. And they're in Epping, New Hampshire. Brittany Force currently second in the standings, uh, qualified tenth. Uh, young lady, uh, bring us up to speed. What is going on? Hi. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for having me. Uh, we're out in New England, uh, racing New England Dragway this weekend up in uh, Epping, New Hampshire. So we're off to a slow start. Uh, you know, the track was definitely a challenge this weekend. Muggy, and the crazy thing is we drop 40 degrees tomorrow, so we have all completely different conditions tomorrow. But we struggled to get down there. We, You know, it was on a good run, and, and we drove into smoke, uh, you know, 500 feet out, so we didn't get a solid run in there. And we're currently sitting in the number 10 spot, but we get two more chances tomorrow to move up uh, to get us prepared for race day. Yeah, good stuff. We're talking to Brittany Force, part of the – it's like I said, make may the force be wish with you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess that's typical weather for this time of year in New England. Kind of hot, muggy, sticky, uh, hard to get the yep. horsepower down, and uh, it's always a challenge that way. But let's take a step back before we take a step forward. Currently second in the standings, uh, Stevie Torrance is right there. This this probably feels what's what's old is new again for Brittany Force. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, we're on the road right now, leaving <laughs> okay. the racetrack. That's all right. Uh, I'm sorry, what, what was the question? No, I was just saying, you know, this is you and Steve Torrance, uh, this is this is old news, but it's new again. Yeah. So here we go, you and Steve Torrance. I know, it's pretty crazy. The last, you know, handful of years, it's been Steve and I. Um, he has way more championships than me, but I love lining up next to the guy. Uh, he's an incredible competitor. And, uh, you know, a friend outside of the racetrack. So, uh, you know, we're, we both, you know, made a run tonight. He struggled a little bit, too, but he did much better than we did. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're right up there in the fight. It's both of us, and uh, we hope to continue to battle it out until the end. Yeah, you know, when you look at how you have progressed over the past, let's just say half a decade, from, from being a rookie and then winning a championship a couple of years later where you, you beat Steve, I, I think it was by less than a handful of points on the final pass of the season at Pomona, to now being a regular contender. I mean, every every weekend, every year, you got to look at the Monster Flavor Pack car as being a serious contender for the NHRA championship. How have you evolved? What has been the biggest thing that Brittany has been able to do uh, to, to put yourself in that position every year? Uh, it's just more experience and seat time. Um, you know, I got started in 2013 with my rookie season. And, you know, just looking at where I started then to where I am now, I just feel I'm at a more competitive level. Um, you know, you experience so much every single run in the car. Uh, when you make big mistakes, 
you learn from, honestly, you learn the most from your mistakes. So, I mean, over the years, I've had a collective number of mistakes I've made, but again, you're, you're learning from them. So it's really just that seat time and just years of experience is what it really is to give you more of a competitive edge. You know, even though even though they're different cars, one's a flopper, a funny car, one's a rail dragster, which you drive. But do you ever uh, go to maybe Robert, who also drives a funny car, or your dad, or even maybe maybe Courtney, even though she's off doing doing the kid thing like big time. But do you ever maybe uh, look introspectively into the family and say, "Hey, Dad, hey, sis, or uh, hey, Robert, uh, help me with this." Do you ever do that? And if you do, what is what is the this if there is one thing? Oh yeah, uh, all the time. My dad and I, you know, before the weekend, after the weekend, we have chats here and there, and and more. It's it's, it's just tips for what did you find that work tree this weekend, or you did you did really well this weekend. You know, uh, you know your your car was running well. You had good reaction times. You kept it in the groove all the way down there. Did you find something? Is there's it, it, there's really no secret key. There's no key ingredients. There's it's just some weekend. You know you. you you're just in that momentum of moving forward and you find something that maybe works for you and you hang on to it as long as you can, but then it might change, you know, the next weekend. So it's, it's really just finding out uh, what works for you. I, my, again, my dad and I talk about things, you know, all the time that we do differently or, um, you know, to try to help us, uh, whether it's, you know, usually on the starting line, uh, the driver wants the advantage off the starting line. And uh, we have, like I said, we do have chats here and there, but, um, it seems like it's always changing. It's just what fits you that day, what you're feeling. Is it you want your energy super high and you're pumped up for it, or is it down and you're relaxed and you're calm and you're focused, or it's finding the balance of both of them? That's what I use. I need that right in between. Um, so it's it's always different. You must be looking over my shoulder because when you look at your dad, you know, super high energy, whether it's before he gets in the car, when he's in the car, when he gets out of the car, Robert a little bit more tame, you know, uh, you know, definitely uh, uh, not your dad, but uh, I've seen him times where he gets out of the car with maybe a big win or whatever, and he gets pretty, pretty jacked up too. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, a ma- mantra or a thing that you get in the car that is a routine to keep, because you're, you always seem so calm, cool, and collected. I mean, you get pumped up at the big end too when you get a win or you know get a big time round win or something. But uh, what do you do just before you get in the car to kind of put you into that zone? Uh, I have my earphones in. I have uh, my my uh, my my beats in, and I am playing music. And if I find a song that, for I'm very superstitious. And if we had a good solid run, I had a good life, kept it in the groove all the way down there. I'm like, it was this song. It got me in the right place. And then I will repeat that song all weekend long because I'm superstitious and I stick to something if I feel like it may have worked for me. So I'm big into, uh, I like to, I use music to pump me up for a run, you know, get me energized. That's so funny you said that because I used to do the same thing. So I, we've got about two minutes left. And, I, yeah, especially when I was over in Europe back in 83. But, yeah, I had a Top Gun was my was my stuff. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, what is your favorite song if you have one? And do you get in the car from the same side all the time? Or do you switch it oh, up? Oh, yeah. Same side. Same side. I never switch that up. I put my gloves on, you know, right hand first, then the left. Uh, very routine with that. I've done it before where we, you know, a guy pulls, I, I have somebody that helps me suit up. And if we do the wrong hand first or we're packing the wrong, the, the right, the left parachute, for, I, I'm like, no, we, we got to go back and do this. <laughs> we have to go in the order that I always do. 
are you sure you just don't want to try something different? I'm like, no, we do the same routine all the time. And uh, so, yes, I am very superstitious. As for music, I'm big into Halsey and Post Malone and The Weeknd. Um, I'm always changing it up. It's just whatever I'm feeling in that moment, and then I blast it all weekend long. That's awesome stuff. So when you when you when you mount the saddle in this ten thousand horsepower beast, you go uh, uh, left to right, or, or or actually right to left or left to right. Which side do you get in on? Uh, if you're sitting in the car, if you're sitting in the car looking down the drag strip, I get in on the left side. Yeah. Always get on the left side. That's my routine. That's how I get in. I climb up and I actually sit on the the, the canopy of the car, swing my legs in, and <laughs> drop into the car. That's that's how I get in. That's always how I've done it. Yeah, I'm a left side guy, too. Well, hey, Brittany, uh, currently second in the championship, uh, currently 10th. I, I know you'll pick that up. But thanks for joining us here on Race Central on the radio. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, to all your PR team and to, to Sarah and everybody there because you do a great job. We've been chasing you for a while. I know it's uh, our schedule tends to conflict with NHRA uh, stuff yeah, no on, on Friday nights. But thanks so much. Say hi to your family. Give them hell this weekend. We'll all be watching. And uh, thank you. Go, go get it done, kiddo. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. There she goes. Brittany Forrest right there. Yeah, Sarah Slaughter getting us hooked up. Uh, big thanks to uh, everybody over there at the Forrest PR team. They do a terrific job. And I've been chasing Brittany for a while because she's certainly always a great interview. And uh, watch NHRA this weekend on FS1. It is Race Central on the radio. I am insider Kurt Hansen. First segment brought to you by a North Star Liquor Superstore. Drive a little, save a ton. Northern Colorado's largest, over 30,000 square feet of all the brands you love. Confection of Foods and Cigars, too. Where is that? Go there in Johnstown or on the web at NorthstarLiquorSuperstore.com. First segment done. Long ways to go. Keep it locked right here. And Race Central and RaceCentralMedia.com. I want to drive. Get the car off the trailer. Now, back to one of the most respected voices in motorsports. Your host, Kurt Hansen. Yeah, welcome back for, uh, well, welcome back. <laughs> uh, talking about, uh, you know, cutting a light and getting out of the gate. And we've been chasing uh, Brittany for a while and, and the schedule and epping him. And just, uh, unfortunately, the way this show on Friday aligns with a lot of what happens on Fridays with the NHRA, uh, it creates schedule conflict. So, you know, usually in the past, we've, we've always had, you know, an A-lister from the NHRA, but... Yeah, uh, we were lucky to get Brittany. They just wrapped up uh, the first round. She currently sits tenth, and we'll see how that uh, goes. Um, you know, that's going to improve. Trust me when I tell you. Uh, Stevie Torrance, yeah, he had a uh, he, he busted the tires uh, on the first round, but uh, the, the folks over there at Capco they'll get that sorted out too. As um, uh, Epping is an interesting place up in in New England states, and yeah, this time of the year it can get very hot, very muggy. It's cloudy. It's just, I used to spend a lot of time up there, I-95 from New York up to the uh, the New England states, as we used to call it, or the tri-state area, and it can get pretty uncomfortable. And that's, uh, God, I can't imagine in those fire suits, which basically like strapping on, you know, wrapping your body in four, uh, you know, World War II vintage Army blankets, because uh, it's, not, it's not just the fire they're protecting you from, it's also concussion. So the big padded suits, the shoes, the gloves, yeah, that's not going to be very comfortable. Um, so a very busy weekend of racing. We've got uh, the IndyCar Series back in the streets of Detroit, back in the, as I would call it, the original 
uh, format, which is through the streets of downtown Detroit around the Renaissance Center, where Formula One was for many years. I've seen, I saw Formula One there twice. I've never been to an IndyCar race there uh, through the streets, but I have been to Belle Isle. I, I liked Belle Isle, but it just it felt a little anesthetized. And uh, yeah, very shiny, very bougie, very cool, just over the bridge. Certainly insulated from many of the downtown Detroit isms, which I'll, I'll leave it at that. But downtown Detroit is going through a bit of a renaissance, um, in, in a small fashion anyway. And I think bringing the IndyCar race back to the streets downtown will be a good thing to help uh, the revenue influx into the city, obviously. Now, when they raced on Bell, of course, uh, the, the fans and teams all stayed in um, in Detroit because there's nothing on Bell Isle but mansions at, at big old uh, event center with the fountains and all the good stuff. But but Bell Isle was cool. But I'm glad to see him back to the streets. A Trans Am is there this weekend, and boy, will that be a good one. We're going to talk to Trans Am star, Trans Am two-star Austin Green as we get into the program. I believe we were waiting on Tyler McCory. I've been uh, texting with him all uh, morning to get this sorted out uh, from my, my hometown of uh, well, hometown-ish of Danville, California, uh, Contra Costa County, if you want to get on a first-name basis. But uh, hopefully we'll catch up with Tyler. He's a very busy guy uh, doing his IMSA thing. I know he's been doing a lot of driver coaching. But um, uh, the, the streets of Detroit will be loud and angry this weekend for a much, a, a much different reasons than uh, maybe normally which is probably a very good thing. Uh, we heard from our good friend Mark Miller, who lives up on the uh, Upper Peninsula, as they'd say in Michigan, right on the lake. And uh, he's kind of a glutton for punishment because he said he loves it up there, even in the winters. I'm not sure if that's quite my jam, but um, uh, good for Mark. But, uh, yeah, he's he's also racing this weekend, I believe, in uh, the deal that he was talking about that uh, the new team he was helping put together. So I, I think Mark might be racing this weekend also. I'll have to go back on my notes and check on that. But uh, if he is, good luck to Mark because we, we love him and love having him as a guest on the program. Um, what would you think of the Indy 500? I mean, let's just woe it down for a second and go back to a week ago and talk about the Coca-Cola 600 for a moment and also the Indy 500. Now, just, I'll start with this. The Coca-Cola 600 with the weather delays and changes and this and that, I mean, I get it. That's just what happens back in that neck of the woods at this time of year. Am I glad Ryan Blaney won? Absolutely. I mean, he has been, he's been so deserving. And if you look at the Blaney uh, legacy, the heritage, I mean, uh, his dad just you know, a super badass, you know, dirt racer, won a World Outlaw Championship way back in the day. But Dave Blaney, seriously good. And that and that goes up the tree, too. Uh, his dad, uh, the whole Blaney family. And I know that uh, many – and Ryan is, is – he's one of those drivers. I mean, how do you hate Ryan Blaney? Now, I get it. He doesn't – he's kind of – you know, he's kind of Mr. Cool. And I, I know for a fact that it, it – uh, but he, he took team orders. He did what he had to do. He wingman Joey Logano at Phoenix last year because Joey was in a championship fight and Ryan was not. So, you know, why do you want to, you know, race your teammate 
and maybe punt him out or something and cost you a championship, that would not sit very well with the captain. But good for him. Now, the rest of all what happened throughout the weekend, and good for Martin Truex Jr. I, I, I got to say that. You know, now having said that, they've just they've been so close, and I, I'm not sure that team has not been able to unpack the chemistry that Cole Pern had with Martin Truex Jr. I, I think they're still struggling. Good, good. I mean, great finish for Martin. Very happy that that um, it, he was on the podium because that team needs they need something to kind of as you might say in the NFL. You know, if you're a defensive uh, tackle or offensive tackle, well, let's go with the defensive side. You know, put your foot in the ground, put your hand in the ground. And, you know, get up in somebody's grill. I'm not sure that. I'm seeing that. Now, Martin did say after uh, the clash at the Coliseum again this year, uh, which he did he did win and win one in convincing fashion, that he's an angry, pissed-off driver this year, and not so much with the whole thing with his former mate, Sherry Polonix. But I, I think that, uh, you know, 2022 was, I believe, the worst year Martin's ever had in the Cup Series. It just was not good. And you've heard some of the conversations uh, from, you know, the pit box with Martin, sometimes incredibly angry. And it just, it just seems like the chemistry or the they're – not, they're not in lockstep. And you need to be in lockstep if you want to win races at that level. That's just the way it is. So good third place for Martin. Um. But, I mean, William Byron, okay, good. Two cars, two, two Penske cars in, in the top three, of course. And then, of course, Ryan Blaney. So, Blaney, William Byron, Martin Truex. The Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin thing. Now, let's, I'm trying to be very uh, methodical about this because this has been the year of fines. I believe NASCAR has handed out more fines this year than in any single year to date. There's just a lot going on. And especially as it relates to the, you know, single part source stuff with the next gen car, I, I would have expected to have seen a lot more of that last year. And we did see some of it. But the penalty that that Stuart Haas got and their responses by the book is what I expected. Very uh uh deposition like but I'm not how you get sure how you get an unimproved, self-made part <laughs> on on uh, on your race car. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very uh, legalized in in their response. But how does that happen? Mm. I just I, I try to process this, and having been around the sport the sport for a long, long time, I mean that's a pretty major faux pas, but the parts that we're talking about, um, they, the alterations they made to, to the, the, the ventilation ducts definitely do help with downforce. So how do you go and make a part in-house or have a part made in-house or from anybody else 
that is illegal, and it just happened. I, I, I'm having a hard time with that. I've also got some really good conspiracy stories or thoughts on the ending of the Indy 500. You definitely want to hear that. Uh, Sid the Kid ha- and I had a great podcast. We uh, cut it yesterday as our normal deal after being off for a couple of weeks. Uh, poor Sid was down with uh, some really nasty stuff. Glad to see that uh, SDK's back in the house and uh, looking resplendent as ever and feeling better. And uh, you can go to YouTube and look at us right there, Race Central Unplugged. That's Race Central Unplugged on YouTube or at racecentralmedia.com. Also, our good friends at Colpar Hobby, that's Fred's Place, two locations to serve you. they got a big car show coming up on June 18th. They'd love to have you there. And if you've got a car that you would like to show or be part of the show, uh, just go to the website, colpar.com. The, the, the show will be at, their, at the Superstore in Aurora. So uh, give them a ring or pop on by. Tell them you heard us talking about them on the radio. Colpar's Hobby Town. If they don't have it, it probably doesn't exist. And don't mess with those funky Internet sites. Stuff shows up broken or the wrong part. They don't want to deal with you. They don't want to fix it. That's not what happens at Colpar. The reason why when there's a new gizmo or gadget on the uh, hobby market, they're over at Fred's place. And we're talking to Fred Beardsley. He's a terrific guy. They're a terrific place. And go on in and tell him you heard us talking about him. Also, if you've got a car or bike you want to show, on June 18th, contact the store. Reach out to them. Tell them you heard us talking about the car show. It's Colpar.com. I'm the insider. More great stuff coming up after this and RaceCentralMedia.com. Uh, 30 minutes after the hour, or as I can say, as close as we get to it. Nice uh, nice bump there, Sid. SDK said the kid pushing all the buttons uh, back from her fight with death <laughs> for the last two weeks. Uh, good to see Sydney back here in the studio. Uh, great to be with you after two weeks off. A busy couple of weeks uh, announcing NASCAR races up at Colorado National Speedway and kind of doing all the things that uh, Race Central does do. And uh, as you heard in the commercial break, again, Colpar's Hobby Town, the big car show on June 18th at the store in Aurora. They'd like your car or bike there, so reach out to the team up there at uh, uh, Colpar's Hobby Town, Colpar.com on the web, and tell us you heard us talking about them. And you would like to have your favorite two- or four-wheel drive machine uh, at the car show. So uh, what can I say? Is uh, We let the show off uh, uh, with Brittany Fortune, and we love talking straight liners. But as, as you also know, if you're a regular, I love the Trans Am series. I love talking to their drivers. I love being part of the series. As we like to say, there's no substitute for horsepower. And a young Austin Green is joining us on the program. They are rumbling through the streets, uh, the mean streets of, of Detroit. As I say, there's there's nothing like the sounds of Trans Am cars through the streets of Long Beach, except now maybe the sound of Trans Am cars through the streets of Detroit. Austin, welcome to the program. Uh, wow, so talk to me about Detroit. What's your first impression? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, first of all, just I've never drove a street course before, so <laughs> to race, you know, down downtown through the streets of Detroit is, uh, you know, a spectacle all in itself. Um, but, you know, the track's unique. It's um, it's, got, it's bumpy. It's got a lot of unique corners, and, um, you know, there's a couple fast sections and then a lot of the tight technical stuff. So I think it should make for uh, one hell of a race. Yeah, I can remember the first time I went to Long Beach. We used to call that a point-and-squirt track because it really had no rhythm. Now, you've not had any track time yet. Is that correct? 
Well, we just had uh, two practice sessions today, ah. and then they're qualifying tomorrow morning, and then the first race tomorrow, and then we race again on Sunday. Yeah, see, I was trying to figure the schedule out, but, uh, you know, I, I'm old. I don't, I don't remember things very well. So is, is there any rhythm to this thing at all, or is it kind of, you know, point and squirt? Honestly, I'm still figuring that, that part <laughs> out. Um, oh, God. I think it's it's – you know, it's a lot of tight 90-degree corners, uh, and then you got the hairpin, which is 180 degrees. So it's all kind of just point and shoot. Um, but it's going to be uh, interesting to see in the race, you know, because a lot of the sections you can't it's you can't go too wide. So it's going to be a lot of give and take. Yeah. Austin is a 22-year-old. He's a young street, drives a Peterson Racing number 89. The three-dimensional, I'll catch up, uh, uh, service group uh, Camaro, your uh, your sponsor. I mean, this is their this is their race this weekend, and they got a lot of stuff going on. How did you partner up with Three Dimensional? And and they've really bit down hard on Trans Am and stuff. Talk to us a little bit about that that how that relationship developed and and how you got them so involved. No, absolutely. Um, you know, Doug Peterson, our owner, and, and Three Dimensional um, owner as well. He uh, you know he's super great guy and you know he gives gives a lot of amazing opportunities to uh kids like me and you know i can't thank them and us and all the guys at Peterson racing and three mental services group and like you said you know this is this is their hometown race so um one of our teammates rafa he was fastest today in practice and um i think i was eight and another teammate was seven so we got the speed it's just you got to put it all together yeah were you in nashville last year uh, I was not. I'm not. You're probably lucky. I, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, because Nashville would probably have, have set you up for a lot of what could happen in Detroit. But, yeah, Roth has been on the program many times. He's a badass. I remember when I was a, the champ car announcer, he was doing his thing in champ cars. And he's an awesome, awesome guy. How hard do you lean on Rafa for help in a place you've never been before? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, just trying to get any information I can out of him. I'm sure he's not tell me all of his secrets, but, um, you know, just try to pick his brain and, and watch over his video and look at his data and kind of see where I'm leaning and moving. And, um, you know, that's what we did at the end of the practice sessions today. So I think I have a decent idea of what I need to do a little bit better, but um, I guess we're going to find out tomorrow. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Austin Green. Uh, he's in Detroit this weekend for the Detroit Grand Prix. Trans Am is there, and it's his sponsors. Um you know, it's their home. It's their home race, and they they've got their name on everything. And you know, as I like to say, without the dough, there's no go. And to have that kind of support um, is terrific. Also, as I've said many times, you know, Trans Am Two might be the most exciting and best value racing out there. Um, it's you know, there's no technology. It's all it's all up to the driver uh, to save tires and, and you know, get it done. And Rafa certainly is one of the best. So with him around, you're certainly learning from one of the best. You started the season off pretty good on the podium, though, and. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I know it's it's learning, especially a lot of new places. But is there a track on the schedule remaining in this season? Is a place that you know well and say you've earmarked and say I can't wait to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the tracks that we go to are first time I've ever seen it. So every week's you know back to square one. Um, but last year I ran Road America and Watkins Glen and Coda. So those are my only three. Um, so, uh, you know, last year I did really good at uh, Road America. I qualified second. So 
I'd say that's probably the first race that I'm really looking forward to, and um, hopefully we can show some speed there. Yeah. Where, what did you do as a driver before you came to TA2? Well, I race, you know, I grew up doing, um, you know, starting go cars and then uh, transitioned to loading cars, and then um, I did some late model stuff, and then I think my last full-time year with that was 2018, and then, um, you know, I didn't race 2019, I didn't race 2020, uh, do some sponsorship stuff, but uh, I did one TA2 race in 21, and then next time I jumped in race car was uh, Road America in 22, so um, not a whole lot of experience, but I think uh, we've shown good speed, and hopefully we can just put it all together. I, I, I did not look at the full field because I would say a uh, lot, lot going on today and um, I've been off the last two weeks. So usually I do a copious amount of homework, which I didn't do. So my bad. But, I mean, is this a typical T, uh, T2 field where you got like 50 cars showing up? Yeah, I think we got around 30. But, oh, um, my God. You know, with this track being, you know, so small and so tight, it um, you know, we've caught a lot of traffic in, in practice. So, trying to navigate through them is is difficult and i know come saturday and sunday for the race it's gonna it's gonna make it even more hard yeah it, yeah i just uh you know i was using 50 as kind of a euphemism but it always seems like you guys have got 35 to 40 cars and yeah with that car count through the streets of uh, detroit and a lot of drivers have seen it like you for the first time that could be uh, Nashville isk, and I'll, I'll leave I'll leave it at that. But it, eighth quick, so in a place you've never been before, that's really 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 strong. Where in in qualifying, and I know that the Sunday race is set by by Saturday finish, but um, where would would you be? Is that P five? I mean, qualifying. I know you'd like to be on the pole, but in a new place and such, what would really uh, make you happy in terms of a qualifying run? You know, definitely. Um, you know the closer to the front that we are, um, the better the race will be because it's so hard to pass. So, you know, obviously we're going to try to shoot for the pole, but, um, you know, I'd say anything top three, top five would be, would be just fine with me. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, you know, it's, uh, wow. It's say the streets of Detroit and a Trans Am car. I've been to many, many new racetracks, uh, when I was doing form Atlantic, but uh, Long Beach being the only street circuit I raced on back in the day, but you know, going to the, the normal, to the, not not a street circuit, but uh, road courses was certainly a lot easier to learn and a lot more f- forgiving. If if there is a place to pass in the mean streets of Detroit this weekend, where is that? I would say definitely just get a good run down the long back straightaway and then um, try to outbreak somebody going into hairpin. And I think that's probably going to be the easiest i guess i shouldn't say easy but easiest place to pass um you can maybe get it done in a lot in a couple other corners but it, it'll be very tight for sure well so for all of us watching uh it's not live on tv this week but uh we're watching next week on television we'll uh we'll earmark uh, your uh, words austin and and look for that to be the uh, the, the spot of uh or the place where all the action is going to take place hey thanks for joining us here on race central radio we love promoting young drivers in in the trans am series and uh doug peterson does a great job uh and again by stepping up this weekend sponsoring all three races and the uh uh, I, I, the shootout or the showdown, as you put it, that should be a lot of fun, too. I look forward to uh, uh, following everything on the weekend. 
And uh, you can go to GoTransAm.com for all the weekend stuff. You can watch it in about a week or so on MAM TV. Uh, Austin, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, go give them hell, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. That's, uh, that's what we love doing. It's Austin Green right there driving for uh, the number 89 machine for Doug Peterson Racing. A teammate to Rafa Matos, who's been a guest on this program many, many times and is certainly uh, the guy every weekend, no matter where Trans Am is running, to beat. And I, I have a feeling that Rafa will be doing what Rafa does this weekend in the mean streets of Long Beach. Segment brought to you by North Star Liquor Superstore. Drive a little, save a ton there in Johnstown or on the web. At NorthstarLiquorSuperstore.com. That's NorthstarLiquorSuperstore.com on the web. All your favorite beverages, confection foods, cigars, too. Over 30,000 square feet there. The largest in northern Colorado. That's NorthstarLiquorStore.com. I'm the insider and RaceCentralMedia.com. I want that red velvet. I want that sugar sweet. Don't let nobody touch it unless that somebody's me. I gotta be me. After the hour, man, this is bringing back. Uh, Since pushed all the right buttons today, I believe this is Power Station or something like that it's from like the '80s. Yeah, a lot of good memories right there. Uh, holy cow! Might have been even a little earlier than that. Back in my ski racing days, ski racing on the, uh, the hills with thrills here in uh, all over the country in Europe. South America too, but uh, here in Colorado, and wow, that's good stuff. Uh, give me give a little, put a little uh, bounce in my step here as we're looking out of the ivory tower today at a very funky sky here in the Mile High. But it is a fast Friday. Trans Am's going fast, IndyCar's going fast, NHRA's going fast, and of course our favorite Turn Left series. Uh, to I, I think, uh, I think I got to the stuff I wanted to get to. I just thought the, the, the cup race was a weird race. Um, and, again, with the postponement, I almost forgot it was on Monday as I put in about 12 hours worth of work between Saturday and Sunday up at the racetrack announcing. And I tell you, Monday I was just uh, – I was, I was a sack. Uh, but uh, it, it was an interesting watch. Again, happy for Ryan Blaney. Uh, congratulations to Martin Truex Jr. for getting uh, a good result. When you look at uh, Jimmy Johnson, not so much. It uh, It's funny when you, in the pre-race stuff, they were talking so much about Jimmy. You know, you know four-time winner. There. I used to make the joke that when it was a Lowe's Motor Speedway and Lowe's was on his car, that uh, much like I used to make the joke about Kurt Busch when he used to win every year at Bristol, and it was like the Sharpie, you know, 300 or something, and he was sponsored by Sharpie. It was like, okay, well, I get it. Um, but interesting cup race, uh, Denny Hamlin doing his, his normal whining and gets a chase Elliott, uh, suspended for this weekend as, uh, they are 
Well, they are in uh, the land of Illinois, or Illinois, Illinois, however you say it. I say Illinois, at the Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's the Enjoy Illinois 300. I like that. Little Chamber of Commerce doing um, heads and beds. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, yeah, it should be a good race. Uh, Corey LaJoy in for Chase Elliott, which is which is interesting. I like Corey LaJoy. I like the fact that he's kind of a pistole, uh, young, good-looking, kind of swashbuckling guy. Uh, Haley Deegan likes him because uh, she doesn't like a lot of people because everybody kind of a stick in the mud. But uh, Corey's outspoken. He's he's got the penny pinching thing he he talks about and does with his with his. Uh, his brethren, and I mean, the guy's just, he's kind of Ross Chastain-ish. Maybe even looks a little bit, except that I think that uh, Corey's got um, uh, certainly a thicker beard and mustache. But a good-looking guy, he's got the long hair going on. I mean, you know, he's got his swagger. I think he's a pretty damn good race car driver, frankly. Uh, He, you know, running for Spire Motorsports. He's not a big-budgeted guy. I uh, did that thing with uh, Richard Rich Rollins of uh, Gas Monkey Garage a few years ago, which was a hoot. I, mean, I like I like his thinking outside the box. We had him back on. Wow, uh, in the dark days of 2020, um, uh, you know, as we fell back into that that uh, you know the pandemic spike and all that kind of stuff, and we had uh, with Corey on. Actually, I believe it was 2021, early 2021. But I like the guy, and this is a great opportunity. I mean, boy, he should, he should, uh, I'd love to see him run well this weekend. I mean, I really, really, really would. That would be, uh, make me feel good for him. And uh, much like, you know, the, uh, I'm not going to go into that. But I, it is a story and I will get to it. It. Uh, I'm not going to call Rick Hendricks the uh, the Dale Coyne of NASCAR racing, i.e. giving young drivers opportunities to drive top flight equipment and, um, you know, advance their career. Josh Berry. I said I wasn't going to say that. Well, somebody's calling me. They're probably not aware I'm on the radio. And it was probably Danica Patrick again. She's been calling me a lot lately, especially, you know, DP's looking good. Did a good job, the Indy 500. Uh, she's, she's gotten, I think, really, really good on the commentary and giving good insights. Um, it's... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done with uh, good for Corey LaJoy. Look what it did for Josh Berry. Berry's going to sign a children's contract, a big one. I like what Mr. H is doing. Indy 500. Has the Indy 500 become too commercialized and almost the open-wheel version of the Daytona 500? This question has been arisen. And the finish of the Indy 500 also conversation has arisen. Felt like the end of an NASCAR race. Because that's the first time that's ever been done at Indy. I get it. It's about the dough. With, with Back to my funky saying, without the dough, there's no go. 
But I'm wondering, and I'm a grizzled old veteran, but I, I get it. I'm in the entertainment business. Radio, TV, announcing, emceeing, I mean, it's what we do. If we're not making you feel happy and entertained, we are failing. Or at least, I hope I make you guys and gals think. I love reaction. I love commentary. I love uh, good banter. Thought-provoking conversation. But this might be a little bit of a reason, and I witnessed this firsthand at the Knoxville Nationals last year. I love sprint car racing. I love dirt track racing. I've done it myself. I did it for quite a few years. The growth of the world of outlaws and dirt track racing in general has really kind of exploded over the last couple of years. And I've never taken a poll, a straw poll or whatever. But I, I have heard people say to me, I don't watch X, Y anymore. It's too commercialized. I don't watch that. Um, it's too regular. It's, and I'm just wondering, now having said that, this is the largest crowd the Indy 500 has ever seen. And it was from all my friends that were there. I, I, I had plenty of opportunity to go. I just could not go. I know everybody had a good time. A good friend of mine was there as a guest of McLaren and NTT with his lovely bride. Got to do the two-seater, hung out with the McLaren guys, big fancy-schmancy dinners, you know, the, the fancy-schmancy seating, the whole parking, the whole deal, which frankly does spoil you. But as I've said before, you know, uh, dirt track racing from many, many different levels, but especially when you look at, at NASCAR or IndyCar or IMSA, and you look at World of Outlaws and sports car racing in Europe, and, you know, I can go on drag racing. I think one of the things that attracts a lot of people to uh, dirt track racing, maybe the World of Outlaws, is the fact that it is, it is so guttural and so violent, and it is, it's still, I mean, they have their commercial elements. I get it. Knoxville Nationals is a big deal. And the, and the World of Outlaws are, are back in Knoxville this weekend, I think. We'll talk a little Outlaws as we get into the program. Uh, Donnie Schatz, big resurgence over last year. Starting the season off strong. Carson Macedo, the Californian. I have to throw it in there because I'm a Californian. Um, Carson doing what a lot of people thought he might do last year. And as I've said before, too, a lot of people thought he might have been the fastest car on the racetrack all year long, albeit for a handful of DNFs. And a four-time, the big cat, Brad Sweet, completed every lap in the in the season of 2022, which is unbelievable when you think about how hard these guys beat on their machinery and each other and stuff. But uh, could the could the rawness of dirt track racing and World of Outlaws in particular uh, be luring people away? Because it it's still commercialized, but a lot less. And I let that whole segment get away because I wanted to talk about my Indy 500 conspiracy theory. Us. Sid and I did that yesterday on the podcast. Is it up now, Sid? So I tell people to go almost. Okay, so go to go to YouTube. Go to Race Central Unplugged. Sidney and I crushed it yesterday. We always crush it. Uh, and you'll you can see and hear a lot of that. But maybe don't do it now because we still got the second hour of power to go. Hell, you bought one hour, as we say in short track racing. We'll sell you the seat, but you'll only need the edge. Ha! How you like that one? It is Race Central on the radio. I'm host Kurt Hansen, Sid the Kid, uh, doing her thing back there, um, pushing all the buttons. Go to YouTube, Race Central Unplugged. 
We'll get to conspiracy theory. We'll also get to some stories that you have never heard before. We'll probably never hear again in relation uh, to some of the relationships, some of the things that happened this year at Indy with Graham Rahal and Stephen Wilson and Catherine Leg Leg and others. Uh, that's why you tune in because we are the information source and the premier home for all things motorsports. We are the longest-running motorsports radio and television show in the country. Uh, you can watch us right here in the Denver Metro on Denver Comcast, uh, Roku, Amazon Prime. Uh, Stevie Wonder could find us, but easily you found it at racecentralmedia.com. Howdy uh, Motorsports, want to give them a big shout-out. They just got a big shipment of stuff. When everybody else is out, they got them. Also, they got the very cool, and I have one, the Benelli e-bikes. Talk about uh, silky smooth, shiny. You want the, you want the like the Ferrari of e-bikes? They got them, the Benelli's, and they are at great prices. But also 0% financing and all the CF Moto stuff. One of the top dealers in America. And Denver's only start a certified Yamaha dealer. Coyote Motorsports, a short drive up by 25. Go and see Brian tomorrow. Tell him you heard us talking about him. Go say hi. It's Coyote Motorsports. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two coming up. We'll talk to Tyler McCrory. Also, Photo Joe Starr. Do a little local Joe segment. A little NASCAR stuff. And uh, eh, kind of an oddity. If you'd like to jump in, got an opinion, want to take me to task, 303-844-3776. That's 303-844-3776. I'm the insider for Sid the Kid right there. And all you out there, keep it locked right here. We'll be back after this. Go ahead, be gone with it. 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 Go ah